0: everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. I'm super excited for this episode. This is, I think, the third or fourth year we've done this, where we've had Robin Witten from Audiophile come on and talk about some of the best audiobooks of the year. Robin, thank you so much for joining me again this year. Oh, so glad to be here, Jill. Thank you. Yeah, the list for 2022 of the best audiobooks is So good. There's so many good ones on there. But before we jump into that, can you talk a little bit about who Audiophile is and and your process for selecting the best audiobooks of the year?
1: Great. Well, um hopefully many of the listeners already know about audiophile. And uh we are, you know, all audiobooks all the time. (laughs) And Uh, trying to always stay focused on our recommendations and our reviews uh, based on the audio performance. Um, And, you know, all about our listening, what uh, appeals to our reviewers in their listening experience and what makes a great listening experience. So our best of the year list of course is also very focused on what we hear and uh, the titles that make great listening, um, and often, I mean, it's good at this time of year with so many best of lists to have something that really distinguishes uh, the list. And I think because um, we're so audiobook centric, audio uh, experience centric, that um, naturally our um, our list is different and has that very distinct kind of, it's all about the narrators. They're making the magic. They make our experience what it is. Um, And of course, everything has to be good underlying it, of course, too. So.
0: Right. Yeah. So a good book in the hands of a good narrator is always, like you said, magic. There's something about that experience of listening that, that connects you more with the
1: book rather than just straight reading it. Absolutely, absolutely. So to give a few of the details about how we get here, um, Audiophile um, r- Reviews uh, has already reviewed almost 2,500 audiobooks in 2022. And from that number, we have to bring it down to around 50 selections for our best of the year. So we do that um, with nine subject categories. Um, and six selections in each category. So we didn't quite make fifty, but we've got a a, um, a very tight list, uh, a hard list for us to come down to. Because I think we left many favorites and many great audiobooks books um, off. But you know, we've we've put together uh, a list we think that has a lot for everyone. <laughs>
0: I will say looking over the list yes there there is a little bit of something for every reader. Um so why don't we go ahead and get started? So okay. what category are you going to start with us today?
1: Well, we should we should probably start with fiction. <laughs> um which uh you know is maybe the first place that a lot of listeners look. Um, And again, we're talking about audio books that make uh, really great listening. And, uh, you know, um, taking a look at the at the six we picked, um, I'd love to talk about The Marriage Portrait by Maggie O'Farrell and also The Angel of Rome. And maybe I'll just take The Angel of Rome first, because uh, for many listeners, the narrators in The Angel of Rome have the dream team. (laughs) <laughs> it is narrated by um, Julia Whalen and Eduardo Ballerini. So, you know, uh, for listening to two voices who are not only exceptional in their craft, but together, you know, there are stories where they're in the same, you know, they're both on it. They're individual stories. Um anything about Italy <laughs> with Eduardo uh, narrating is brilliant uh, just for the way uh, he can transport you into the story. Um, so that's a kind of fun thing. It's um, a selection of stories by Jess Walter. Um, and, you know, I think for listeners um, who like short stories, it's mm-hmm. a great choice.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We had Julia Whalen on the podcast. Um at some point this year actually talking about one of her um had her on as a narrator and sort of talking about her yeah. experience and, of and her process of narrating an audiobook and it's just so fascinating and she's so good at what she does
1: <laughs> like know. she's
0: just uh she's so good so if you if you she, uh are a fan of julia Whalen we got another one for you to listen to absolutely and. I-
1: She might just come up again in another category.
0: (laughs) That would not surprise me at all.
1: (laughs) Uh, And I guess maybe uh, the other, the marriage portrait by Maggie O'Farrell is, um, I must be, uh, I love Italy. So this is also set in Italy in the 15th century. Um, And uh, uh, it is uh, narrated by a British narrator, Genevieve Gaunt. And she's not a narrator who uh, I knew, um, but it is to me, this is a, you know, sort of a perfect casting because um, Genevieve in the story has to take the roles of a 15 year old, you know, Italian um. <laughs> girl who is mm-hmm. married to the duke of ferrara who has a deep baritone and you know here she she's 15 um she, all you know her her uh courtiers and the people around her are often are very young there is cosimo de medici she is she is the daughter lucrezia de medici she's the daughter of of cosimo de medici so there's the whole court of her parents the whole um the range of voices and the the atmosphere that Genevieve is able to create uh, with the descriptions, beautiful descriptions of uh, the clothing, the environment um, and and the personalities is is makes this an extraordinary listening experience.
0: Yeah, I feel like that would be one of the more challenging things about being an audiobook narrator is when you are given a book that has a lot of very distinct voices and personalities that you have to create characters for and and make that come across as distinct individuals for listeners because they don't have any visual cues to be able to kind of identify these um these voices and so I can't even imagine the work that goes into being
1: able to do that successfully
0: as a narrator
1: right and each one has to be believable and i think right. um that's one of the things um this uh, that genevieve is able to do is she she k- creates these portraits so that each one is believable as the next. And the story obviously is uh, historical fiction, but it's based on a true uh, fact about uh, Lucrezia being a child bride. Um, And, uh, you know, it's got a lot of melodrama. It's just, you know, kind of takes you away uh, into this story, which has Uh, A lot of romance, a lot of uh, exotic setting, and quite a lot of mystery and foreboding, because I'll just say it didn't turn out well. (laughs) As a lot of things in the Renaissance did not, you know, for everyone. (laughs) Yeah, that happens. (laughs) Um, All right, cool. What's our next category? Okay, so let's move on to um, our nonfiction and culture category. Um, so that is a category that we, you know, a lot of really interesting um, and varied titles are here. Um, and one that is unusual and and possibly not known uh, to uh, American listeners perhaps as well, is Adam Nicholson's uh, Life Between the Tides, which is, you know, I don't think you'll ever, if you ever have a chance to think about tide pools or look at a tide pool or explore one, since we're on the coast of Maine, I do this quite often with my grandchildren, but, you know, you just never look at it the same. And thinking about uh, a lot of things that are happening in the ocean, mm. um, he has created uh, a very uh, listenable um, uh, um, piece of, you know, it, exploration, I would say. Um, and it is, uh, read by a very experienced British narrator, Leighton Pugh, whose, whose voice I know, but it's just, it's just works here. Um, it, he, you know, he sounds like the author, um, you know, the detail is interesting. So it's, it's quite a, it's quite a different sort of, um, a nonfiction title that uh, I think anyone interested in the ocean and what goes on between the tides would be interested in.
0: That sounds really good. Um, yeah, that's definitely. I mean, I live in Ohio, so we don't really have tide pools
1: around here. So it's yes, but something. You, know, you can you can learn about the 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 mystery right. and the magic <laughs> of them. Um, so yeah, but that that's an interesting one. Um, and the other one that I'd love to talk about is Lake Bell's Inside Voice. So I don't know if you've listened to this, um, mm-hmm. it's actually not a uh, and it didn't start out as a printed work. It start it is audio, it's an audio original um, from uh, Pushkin uh, audio, which uh, who have done some very uh, original, um programs in the last year including all of Ma- Malcolm Gladwell's titles but i think one of the things about pushkin is that they like to push the envelope of what an audiobook is and certainly lake bell's discussion about voices her voice what she thinks about her voice what we think about our own voices and what we think about voices we hear is totally in line with, um, you know, what we do as audio yeah. listeners all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, I'm, I was going to say that it's it, when it comes to audiobooks, there's always like certain voices. I don't necessarily like to listen to, she as a narrator and I don't even know if I could specifically explain why but mm-hmm. then there's other ones that I very much like and enjoy listening to um so yeah I had not heard about this particular title but I'm I'm super interested in it now to sort of
1: especially well,
0: all you know like I I host a podcast people listen to my voice all the time they may hate it <laughs> so maybe they what? don't
1: like Well, she starts off with her own talking about her own voice and, you know, she talks about things that um, that, you know, she has come to she spent a lot of time taking the regionalism of her Mm -hmm. background out of her voice. And now she says she's sorry because really voices should reflect that kind of cultural And regional background, because that's who you are. And, you know, that's, um, that's a lot of what we value in narrator's voices is when they can bring a cultural uh, authenticity to a narration. Um, She also talks about the issue which you just brought up, which is how we feel about other people's voices, and why and and how we make these judgments. you know in in audiobooks it's uh, it's what we all do but she talks about how when you hear someone speaking in life <laughs> whether they're giving a presentation or you meet them and how we make judgments about about voices um and even when you try to um rationalize against that you know mm-hmm. that why that still affects how you feel you know your impression of someone because of their voice is fascinating. And she's funny, uh, very easy to listen to, uh, snarky and using all kinds of, um, Sort of the, the trademark of pushing in is to use lots of uh, uh, resource material, archival material, all kinds of bringing mm. in all kinds of sound of various kinds and other people speaking. So she has, since she's an actress and has lots of famous friends with famous voices. She gets them in there and she uses voicemail, messages, all kinds of fun things. So it makes, it's quite a uh, a fascinating audio experience.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that sounds super interesting. And I'll definitely have to be able to check that out. Um, All right. Well, what's up next?
1: Okay. so let's jump to a a fiction category, perhaps. Um, And uh, take why don't we take sci fi and fantasy? And, um, you know, I think with a couple of um, uh, these, you know, there's. There's a wonderful um, renewal of a project, the Terry Pratchett, uh,
0: mm-hmm. "Witches
1: Abroad." Now, Terry Pratchett has been recorded; his work has been recorded over, you know, several decades by different people, um, and this is a, a a new recording, which I think kind of brings a freshness for new listeners who don't know about um, Pratchett's work. Um, but it's you know it's a great you know they've really worked um at capturing the kind of uh wonderful fantasy and also the humor that Terry Pratchett always brought to always brings to to his mm-hmm. his um uh fantasy stories and so that's a fun one which is abroad um and another one that uh that I think is interesting from the audio ensemble point of view is the atlas six uh bo- by Olive um blake and with a whole i don't know uh, a, a full cast and also some uh well-known um, narrators that we have you know we talk about all the time steve west caitlin kelly it's got Damien leith uh Dam- lynch and david monteith Plus, you know, a number of other people in, um, hard to identify them all in an ensemble, <laughs> but that's a fun, uh, story, which you probably came out earlier this year. So mm-hmm. you may have already talked about that.
0: Yes. Um, we have talked about, um, yeah, all of these books, um, which are really popular. Everyone seems to, I've not had a chance to read, um, them yet, but there definitely have been on my TBR for, Um, A while, and maybe I'll have to uh, get the audio for it.
1: Yeah, well, this one, this one is is a good one, so I recommend that. So I, you know, I because I now have grandchildren, I'm a little more tuned in to the family, children, and family listening than I have been recently. Um, And I have to say that um, eyes that speak to the stars is something that I have enjoyed first uh, as a children's picture book, um, and then um, finding this wonderful recording uh, by Justin Chen. It is, you know, it's amplified in a way that, you know, my granddaughter and I enjoy, we enjoy the picture book, but listening also to Justin uh, read it just it makes such a you know it makes another whole experience
0: where mm-hmm. you share
1: that with you know with a with a child. Um, one of the best things about uh, <laughs> about children's literature uh, as audiobooks, um, and then something unusual on our list uh, for the children's and family is how do you live? Uh, and I didn't know very much about this. Um, this is by uh, Genzaburo uh, Yoshino, and it is a Japanese classic hmm. that has been recorded for the first time here um, in the U.S. with by Brian Nishi. But it has a very interesting introduction by Neil Gaiman, which is one of the things that you know immediately got my attention. And so listening to this, and then we had, I had an, uh, an opportunity to speak with Brian about this, uh, story and it's, you know, it's not new, several decades old. I'm thinking I'm not going to get this right, but not a new book. Um, but so if you, if you think about it, Uh, written in the mid-20th century, it doesn't seem perhaps, and it's also set in Japan, um, it might not seem relevant, but whoa, it is. And it has such a lasting uh, message and um, uh, sort of a lot of interesting philosophy about life that resonates, I think, with young people, uh, certainly um and other people in the family who might be listening um you know and it's about a, a story of um a, a young boy and his friends uh there's bullying um there's his grandfather or actually i think it's his uncle who um is uh you know sort of the wise the wise man in in the story and uh you know the, this um coming of age of a, you know, middle school uh, boy and the things that he faces at this time. But I think that's, you know, it's still going on and and kids today um, have the same experiences. But it's just very different perspective, beautifully narrated uh, by Brian. And as I said, I did have an opportunity to do um, a podcast interview mm-hmm. with Brian about this uh, um uh, how Do You Live, um, that is um, on our podcast, Behind the Mic.
0: I love this idea of how books and audiobooks can bring these classic global stories to a new audience, like this one, is is not one that I don't think most non-Japanese readers or listeners would have ever come across, and, and it has
1: new life now, thanks to this. Right. And I, you know, I think one of the interesting things is I didn't check, but I'm not sure it's even in print
0: Mm. in
1: this country. So, you know, families would never come across it. Um, It's the kind of thing I think that is uh, a great conversation starter (laughs) for for families, you know, lots of family travel at this time of year. It might be something that um, people might want to pick up.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's, you know what? That's actually an excellent point. We would listen to audiobooks when we go on family trips and family listening is, it's always a fun way to get through a, a long car ride because everyone has the same story they're listening to and you can all talk about it yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, when you're not driving. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just
1: kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview changemakers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, a.k.a. their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at kanika gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. Okay, so how about coming to memoir? And I, I, I understand that's one of your favorite categories. I do, especially in audiobook,
0: even more especially when the author of the memoir reads the audiobook themselves. I think that always brings something very unique that you can't get from a different narrator. Um, so and you have some excellent ones on this list. So <laughs> which ones oh. do you want to talk
1: about? <laughs> so is there one let's talk about one uh that that you have listened to?
0: Well, I love Finding Me by Viola Davis was so good. Um, she is one. I, I, she's a phenomenal actress. And yes, she has a voice where I'm like, I would listen to you read literally anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, it it is by Vi- Viola Davis. As you say, she tells about her life. Um, you feel... You know, there's there's a sense of honesty always in in these memoirs, um, despite sometimes um, a certain restraint that, of Mm -hmm. course, I think um, particularly celebrities, you know, try to do. But they also want to because they're out there with a memoir, they want to give um, us, you know, to reveal a certain amount, but perhaps not. Uh, not everything. And uh, there's, and I think the voice is such an interesting vehicle for that. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it reveals more than they intended, you know, and yes. more than the words that they're saying, which is, is our, that's what we connect with emotionally and experience. Absolutely um and so the finding me is is uh, is great and so many people are talking about it and listening to it now harvey firestein <laughs> does not have a voice that i want to listen to <laughs> all the time <laughs> but it is such a distinctive voice um and uh he his his memoir is i was better last night or i was better <laughs> i was better last night <laughs> Um, you know, can only be told in Harvey's voice. Yeah. Um, and he's so funny. And so he, he he performs his whole story for you in a way that is very memorable. Um, so, you know, if you're a Broadway fan and you love his work uh, and his humor, this is this is a great selection. That's funny. I, it's funny that you mentioned
0: that he doesn't have a voice you would listen to for a long time, but like, it is very distinctive. Like you hear that voice and you know, it's Harvey. <laughs> That's right. And yeah, I can't imagine anyone else telling his story other than him. And in that distinctive voice of his.
1: Yeah. And the style, uh, you know, the, I mean, it's everything about yeah. it just embodies everything uh, that, that he that he is and, and his life and his style. And yeah. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, what's next? How about a little mystery and suspense I'm trying to go back and forth between our fiction and our nonfiction yeah. here a little bit. Uh, well, this is, this is right in my wheelhouse of favorites. Um, uh, the group of six titles mm-hmm. that includes uh, Richard Osmond's, the bullet that missed, which is, on the top of lots of people's list um, right now, uh, Birds of Prey, which is a collection of stories uh, that Harlan Coben um, encouraged his fellow writers to put together. Um, and then there are two that I'd love to dig in just to a little bit, uh, too, is um, Harlan Coben's The Match, which came out earlier in 2022. It has uh, stuck with me. <laughs> Because um, it's um, not only is it a terrific story, but Steven Weber and Mm. his performance style is so right on with Harlan Coben. But Mm -hmm. with this story that has a lot of very distinct personalities in it. Um, And, you know, he's great with the mystery, with the suspense, um, with the characters. And, you know, it's... uh, We're not really telling the story of each one of these (laughs) titles, but, um, you know, it involves social media. So it's very relevant um, for, you know, thinking about things that happen today, as, you know, Harlan Coben often is. Um, And, you know, it's a mystery that has stayed with me all year. I keep kind of Mm. thinking back to it when I recommend uh, someone says, what should I listen to? Um, and the other title, uh, on the, in the mystery and suspense category is, um, perhaps my personal favorite in the whole group, uh, cause I had to have one, right? <laughs> of course. of <laughs> course. Is, uh, The Maid yes. by Nita Prose, um, which you probably have talked about on yes. the podcast. Yes. Um, I got to interview Nita about, um,
0: the book at the beginning of the year. So I'm very excited to see it it on this list. Um so yeah, it was, it was, I loved this book. Um it's just a different take on a mystery in the way that it's presented um with the main character and sort of seeing it through her eyes. And yeah, it was it was a, a fun
1: inventive mystery that I hadn't really seen before. Uh, I agree. I think, uh, you know, following the story of Molly, the maid uh, at the Manhattan hotel uh, where, you know, we're trying to solve the crime and not, uh, you know, see Molly go down for it. Mm -hmm. um, I think what's interesting is that the narrator, uh, Lauren Ambrose, did a very, some very skillful uh, work with her performance that I think, I don't know if you talked about this, but Molly, Molly, the maid is, has, you know, she is somewhere on the autism spectrum where her life, everything in her life needs to be exactly the way it was done repeatedly done as well as she can, but everything has to stay in its place. And her speech pattern, as we hear it from Lauren Ambrose, reflects this in the most carefully Mm. subtle way where you realize that that's that's how she speaks because everything in her life needs to be ordered that way and you know lauren just like i didn't i didn't really recognize it until i started thinking about it Mm. halfway through and thought wow this is really subtle but it is so perfect—the capturing, you know, something about this character that carries through through the whole performance. Yeah, um, quite exceptional.
0: Uh, I I love um Lauren Ambrose. I may have to, having already read the book like physically, I may have to listen to it again now just to be able ah, to listen to that part. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Very. Yeah. Very. A, a brilliant, brilliant performance. Um. So let's see. Uh, we're moving along into how about biography and history. Um, and let's see in here, we have uh, obviously a mix of some American history, uh, including biography, Stacy Schiff's new biography of Samuel Adams, uh, The L.A. Theater Works uh, production of Franklin Land. So Ben Franklin gets into it. Interesting. Uh, I think perhaps the, um, and then my name uh, is George, um, excuse me, his name is George Floyd, is a very important uh, biography, uh, I think from this entire year. Um, And Dion Graham, and the authors do an amazing job, uh, with that, um, very affecting, um, you know, staying with us as something that is important to keep in our minds. Um, but, you know, Dion Graham as an audio narrator is at, you know, absolutely at the top of his game and at the top of our list for listening. Mm -hmm. So he makes that something so even more powerful than perhaps if you read it, um, in, in print.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of those things that audio books do that it, it, it sort of can elevate a story depending on the narrator. You also mentioned LA theater works. And I know that some of the other titles on this list have been done by graphic audio, which is like, again, sort of elevates the stories in a way that brings more to it than, than just reading on, on print. It's like a, it's a whole experience. You're very immersive in a story when, when they're done that way.
1: Right. And I think one of the, I mean, that's one of the things that we try to be sure is included in the list is that we're celebrating all the different styles Mm-hmm. Uh, that an audio listening experience can take. So some that might mimic a podcast, something that is, you know, a whole soundscape with the, with the um, uh, bells and whistles of music and sound and, you know, a cast that interacts as uh, with the Franklin Land uh, L.A. Theater Works cast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then also actually on this um, biography and history, List is Zora Neale Hurston's uh, You Don't Know Us Negroes, which is a collection of essays uh, written over uh, uh, maybe a 30 year period by Hurston. uh, But one narrator, Robin Miles, now, mm-hmm. Robin Miles in this collection sounds like an entire cast because mm-hmm. she's taking, she's taking uh, Zora's voice, you know, but she has, you know, a different point to make in these many essays. And so the um, she is so skilled uh, with her performance that you might as well, uh, you know, think you've got an entire cast. Um, And those are, you know, those uh, essays, uh, again, not new, newly recorded, uh, but really resonate uh, with issues that Azora was writing about and railing against uh, in the 30s and 40s, just as relevant today. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. What category is next? Okay, ah, uh, let's see. Where are we going here? I think we've got. Have we got uh, romance mm-hmm. to do? Yeah. Yes. Ah, uh, okay. So one of the romance category, one of the titles in the romance category, we come to Julia Whalen again. <laughs> surprise, surprise! surprise. <laughs> With as the author of mm-hmm. "Thank You for Listening." and also the narrator so she gets to be it gets to be author read um but you know she's got a brilliant narrator so what is not to like about that and of course it's about a narrator <laughs> yes. it's very meta it's very meta <laughs> it, is, it, is. it is it is so is there another one on in this group that that is a favorite of yours uh, Delilah Green doesn't care by Ashley Herring
0: Blake. I'm so excited for this whole series. I love all all of it. <laughs> um, it's such a fun romance series um, and involves. I think I follow Ashley on social media, and I think all of the books involve um, sapphic relationships, like lesbians or bisexual women, and small town and I love
1: everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a very talented uh, narrator in Kristen McCurio too. Um, yeah. does, she, does she do many of, uh, of um, uh, Ashley's other titles?
0: I'm actually not sure because I think the second book just came out um, in the series and I haven't looked up to see who yeah. the narrator is yet, but I know that there are more coming. So well, I guess we'll have well, to wait and see.
1: This was a great success, so we hope that uh, Kristen stays on as the narrator. Um, so those are, those are fun. I mean, you know, there's a the selection of <laughs> of romance uh, uh, listening just continues to grow, and um, all different uh, types of approach to romance. I think that's very refreshing and great for listeners. Um, cause you can really you know in a way, um, just like mystery, if you have a particular bent yes. of interest, you can just find lots of good choices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I think maybe we should wrap up with uh, young adult. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, I don't think our, uh, best of the year uh young adult list would be complete without a uh something from Jason Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so uh Ain't Burned All That Bright is uh the collection that is in this year's list with a really um fun ensemble cast. Uh again, the uh the stories are different. Um some are going to um appeal to some listeners more than others. uh, But, you know, they have um, that all have the distinctive storytelling genius um, of Jason Reynolds style Mm -hmm. and really make a wonderful, um, a wonderful audio uh, selection.
0: Yeah, I also see that you have The Honeys on here by Ryan LaSala. That was one of my absolute favorite books of the year. It is. (laughs) so good.
1: Oh, well tell me a little bit about that's not one that I know much about. So tell you, tell me. about it.
0: <laughs> So, um, the honeys is about a, um, gender fluid individual named Mars. Um, and his sister has, um, was, would go to a summer camp and she comes back in the middle of the night and like attempts to kind of kill Mars, um, and he decides to sort of infiltrate the summer camp to figure out what is going on. His his the sister kind of belonged to a um, kind of clique at the summer camp called the Honeys. And he is trying to sort of figure out what is happening. And when he gets to the camp, weird things are happening. <laughs> uh, and it's sort of told in that Ryan LaSalle way, Um I did not listen to the audio book, but if you I, I'm. If it's on this list, I'm, I'm sure it's a phenomenal um, telling of the,
1: the story. Well, it's very interesting because Pete Cross is the narrator and, you know, he's very good. He tells mm-hmm. a great story. And I think this is the kind of story that has a lot, uh, a lot to really, you know, wrap your performance around, um, yeah. to connect with it you know emotionally help the audience connect in that listening experience. So, yeah, you might have to try this one I, um, I know as an audiobook as well. Yeah, that's always what happens with this where, where like I
0: I talk to you and I'm like all oh, these books I already read now I have to listen to them on audiobook again just to experience it in a new way.
1: <laughs> well, that's not a bad thing. It's there not. are lots no. of great choices <laughs> and they you know, I've talked to so, about some that uh you know, you, you might not have encountered before. So then you've got more listening to do Jill. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And we've only, you know, talked about a couple from each category, but there are so many more. So um, I'll be sure to have the full list available in our show notes. So anyone who wants
1: to go find all of the audiophile best of the year audiobooks can get to them. Great, and i I just uh, i want to add a note of a couple things that we've added to help people discover more about the list um, from the audiophilemagazine dot uh, page, where the best list is uh, all presented. Each one of the titles has a sound clip. Uh, it has um, the obviously our review, and uh, is linked to podcast episodes. Uh, that where we've talked specifically about the audio performance, and we even have a uh, a playlist on Spotify of all the episodes that are talking about best of the year titles. So that was a fun thing to, um, you know, have during, during the year, obviously we talked about the maid, we've talked about um, Jason Reynolds, we've talked over, over the whole year. So we collected all those episodes um, and put them in a playlist. So, you know, I think listeners often want to know as much as they can Mm -hmm. before they take the plunge. Yeah, that's true.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, yeah, I did not give you a chance to talk about your podcast um, at the start. So for those listeners of this podcast who have not listened to your uh, time on here before, go ahead and give oh, us a little intro Well, just
1: um, the Behind the Mic podcast uh, is a daily podcast uh, talking about one audiobook. So we can only recommend one a day, but we have a very short and sweet conversation, uh, about something that, uh, we like, uh, we talk about why we like it, uh, with our host, Joe Reed, and there are five, uh, different editors participating. So, you know, I do a week of choices, um, Michelle Cobb, Emily Connolly, uh, Alan Minskoff, and, um, Kendra Winchester all do uh, a week of their titles. So, you know, you get, um, if you're a listener and you don't like my choices, <laughs> wait a week and yeah. <laughs> uh, you'll have somebody else's choices the next week. So we've taken uh, for our uh, best of the year playlist, we've taken all the episodes that are about the titles uh, from uh, that were talked about um, on behind the mic. Uh, and are now on our best of the year list. So you can kind of cruise through and since they're so short um and see ooh that sounds interesting. And we try to be pretty candid. Um not all of us like everything about right. everyone. Um but there's always something to say about some of these great audiobooks. Absolutely.
0: Well, Robin, thank you so much for coming on um, Pro Book
1: Nerds to talk about some of the best audiobooks of the year. Well, thank you, Jill. Um, I hope we've given everyone lots of uh, uh, things to be listened to. I think so. Yes. All of our to be read lists just got a little bit longer. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerd is proud to be an evergreen podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school?